Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of Outnumbered the Podcast. We're excited for today's episode because we get to share our conversation with Dan and Kay of Sensei Financial. In this particularly shaky time of ours that we're in, finances can be a very big concern. And so we reached out to ask Dan and Kay to help discuss this conversation with us. And they shared such helpful information that we are just delighted to be able to share this conversation with you. Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. All right, so Dan and Kay, we are so excited to have you with us. And I'm going to um, ask, I'm going to try to pronounce, make sure I pronounce this correctly so I'm not saying it wrong the whole episode. Are we saying Sensei Financial? Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> Might be the first person in the history of the world to say it right the first time. That's impressive. Totally get it. I get it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> when I when I was a little kid, I was in karate. And so, you know, that's your sensei is your instructor. And yeah. so yeah. that's what pops to my mind. So that's a, like are there comparisons between sensei and sensei? Yeah, that was totally what we were going for. The play on words. So since it's financial teacher, then it was sent. Sensei. So yes. we're trying to be clever, but sometimes it just goes right over people's heads <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, since so, so, you know, choosing business names has not been our forte, but uh, <laughs> luckily on the other side, we, we teach the good stuff. So people forgive us later on. All right. All right. Very awesome. So we are delighted to have you with us today. And we can't wait for uh, to learn more about you and your business and for you to share it with our audience too, especially at a time right now when finances are pretty important in what's going on in the world. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We, we're really excited to be talking about it, especially now. You know, finances are always an important subject, especially in a family <laughs> and parenting. But uh, right now, it's kind of put a magnifying glass on everything that we've all been doing. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of the reckonings kind of come in if we haven't been doing the right things. And if we have, um, we're, we're in a, we could be in a good spot and prepared to take advantage of the opportunities that will be coming in the future. Oh, I love that. The magnifying glass. Yeah. Maybe that's why so many of us are uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Got to change some things. Okay. So we are, we usually start off our guest episodes by asking our guests to share a little bit of a humor segment or poignant parenting moment for us. Do you guys have something you can share with us? Yeah. I, I have to, Michaela said I have to share this because it may only be funny to us, but we have an 18 month old daughter uh, named Lucy and she is kind of in that talking copycat stage. And to anyone who's a parent knows has had an 18 month old knows exactly what that's like. But uh, we, we're trying to establish routines and habits um, for her because we've noticed that helps her uh, do better kind of day to day. So right, right after we prepare to go to bed, we, we start to clean up and we have a cleanup song. And I, this is the first time I've ever sung on a podcast, but, um, you know, it's the, the cleanup song, clean up, clean up, everybody do you share? So after a couple nights of this, we, we said, okay, let's go clean up. And then Lucy goes, hee ho, hee ho, hee ho. And we're like, 
I, I don't know how this connects to the seven dwarfs. I, I just, you know, <laughs> like kind of the hi-ho, hi-ho. So we're, we, we go marching off hee-ho, hee-ho to our bedroom every night to go clean a room. And uh, it's, you know, if anybody had a camera in our house, I'm sure it would look pretty comical. But we've just been laughing at ourselves um, as we hee-ho and clean up for <laughs> 10 minutes every night. <laughs> That's so cute. And she's probably going to, in her mind, develop her own lyrics. And then as a mom, she'll go to sing it and they'll be like, what are you, what are you singing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this she, is what we sing in my house. So. <laughs> That's totally true. Yeah. To find out at age 10 that LMNO is four letters, not one. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. So you have Lucy and she's 18 months old. Tell us about the rest of your family. Well, that's basically our family. <laughs> so it's just Dan and I and our 18 month old right now. And so we're in the new phase of life. We've been married about three years and we're based in Provo, Utah and loving all the weather lately and being outdoors and just taken on life. It's been really great. So yeah, we join the outdoors on our 10 walks a day to stay sane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been, it has been nice to be surrounded by such beautiful scenery and, and warming up. We, we were kind of just talking before the podcast I started about how Utah is really, really growing and we're excited to be kind of part of the community here and taking part in all the entrepreneurial activities that are that are going on. We're, we're both avid readers. We, we both read a lot and enjoy the outdoors. And that's pretty much what we spend most of our time doing when we're not talking to people about how to make their money lives better. Well, it sounds pretty great to me. Reading, <laughs> reading is my favorite way to spend an afternoon for sure. And you guys are, uh, yeah, definitely heading into some great weather in Utah. Um, I was, like we were talking before, I spent some time in Utah for school and oh, spring in, in Utah is gorgeous. So I am envious yes. because our spring just ended. <laughs> Okay. So obviously you guys talk about finances. So we want to hear just some basic level stuff. What you do, you talk to, to couples, parents, right? Other families about the how to of their finances. Share some more about this with us. Where, how did you guys start? What's the passion behind this? And, uh, how do you help others? Oh man, that's like so many questions in one. Let's see. <laughs> um, I guess we'll start with kind of the how to and why we decided to do it in a how to format. Um, and part of that comes from our journey, which I'll let Dan share that part. But another part, once we figured out our journey part, we sent out a survey to couples all over the world or nation, I guess, not world. <laughs> We're not that big, but, um, just asking, what is your number one question in personal finance? And that was the only question in the survey. We didn't try to prompt anything. And almost every single question we got back was something about how. That they like, we know that we're supposed to budget. We know that we need to get out of debt. We know we need to live within our means. We know we need to invest while we're young. Like We've heard all of these things a billion times, but how do we actually do that? And especially because personal finance is so behavioral. It's really hard to just, when you're grasping at strings, to figure out all that nitty gritty. So that's really what we've geared our whole course to right now. It's an online course, self-paced, that couples can take on their own time and learn how to answer all of those questions. Yeah. And our journey was kind of sponsored, was sponsored uh, by Coca-Cola. No, um, our journey was started by um, kind of going down 
a similar path of how do we do these things, especially in, in starting on our family. And then, then we kind of realized we started talking to more people and realized, hey, you know, just because we get older doesn't mean we automatically figure this out. And we often put in kind of makeshift band-aids or makeshift systems that do well enough, but don't really allow us to thrive in our personal finances and allow us to really progress in and do it together. There's always kind of something in the back of our mind when it comes to money that we feel uncomfortable about. And the thing for us that we felt uncomfortable about was $20,000 of debt um, that I had accumulated in a very short period of time and was on track to double that that amount of debt every six months. Um, and we we had been taught our whole lives to keep a budget, like like Michaela said, to live within our means. But but we didn't have any tools that showed us how to do that. There's nobody we're accountable to for our money. That's why all of us make sometimes some some dumb financial decisions. And so how we we did that, we had to go figure out on our own. And there is so much information on money online and so many books. It was really difficult to get a clear, concise, step-by-step program that would answer every single one of our questions. And so we didn't go out and initially said, hey, let's teach people about money. We just started answering our own questions, developed a program, started sharing with our friends, and it kind of just went from there. Wow. There's so much much good stuff here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, I love what you said about, um, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily know how to manage money as you, as you get older. Like I I have, well, I read a lot in the news about how so many older people are just kind of struggling financially. And that's, you know, that's kind of heartbreaking to think about, you know, our grandparents' generation, our parents' generation struggling financially. And, you know, we look at that and we're like, well, man, I don't want to be in that position when I'm, I'm, you know, that age, but how, right? Again, the big question, how, how do we get there? How do we do that? So that's, yeah, that's really, really neat to hear you say that. And, and then again, I, like, I have a question. So it seems like, um, like you said, money and finances are such a personal thing. So how could you develop a program that would like answer everybody's individual. <laughs> how is there really enough commonality that you guys like pitch pitch a program to us? Tell us how <laughs> one program can can help so many people with so many different individual financial uh, pictures yes. or profiles. Yeah, such a good question. And and honestly, I think that's why there's such a lack of how to information because nobody wants to say this is the way to do it because there's so many ways. And so our, our kind of philosophy has not been, this is the only way. And it's the, every single person needs to do this. And if you do anything else, you're going to end up on the streets or whatever. Um, there are multiple ways, but, but what we found is to show a way helps people because it's just like, if you're learning anything, if you don't have any example most information just goes right over your head. So having someone sit down and say, these are the budgeting categories. These are some things that maybe you haven't thought about and how to tweak those things to your lifestyle. Or another thing that we teach is um, what we call the financial roadmap, which is basically the order of steps of when should I invest? Should I... A lot of financial questions or financial trade-offs would be better for me to invest my money or buy a house would it be better for me to you know save money in a bank account for an emergency or would it be better to buy a bunch of food for this 
economic crisis, whatever. There are lots of trade-off questions. And so what we've done is put those in a roadmap and then helped by giving some customizable steps to insert into that roadmap. So obviously when you decide to have kids is going to be different for other people. So that would be a customizable step or going to school, going to get a master's degree or other further education might be a customizable step. So we definitely give them the framework and then we show them what other things you can insert into that plan to make it more personal for you. It's really well said. Yeah, I, I think basically what we do, and, and like Michaela said, there are so many ways. I mean, um, I, I heard a quote recently that's really stuck with me. Eventually, all advice cancels itself out. So there's <laughs> going to be some, there's going to be somebody who tells you to do one thing, and there's going to be somebody who tells you the exact opposite thing. It's just how the world works, and there's going to be examples of success on both sides of that coin. But we do know that this is a way that works. And what we found is most people don't even have a clear path in that in and of itself. And so having a a framework that you can then adjust and have the tools to know how to adjust it to your individual position is is how we've structured our program to to really be the most effective and then also allow you the, the freedom and the customizability you need based on your situation. Because we we can't and we don't know everything that you're facing in your life. Yeah, I love that, the customizable aspect of it. You know, and I think sometimes, well, probably most times, the biggest struggle uh, in fixing finances or really any aspect of our life is just the starting, right? Mm -hmm. So you're giving people these tools to just get started and maybe, you know, six months down the road, they'll go, okay, I love this aspect and this aspect, but I'm gonna tweak this part because I don't really like this. And so I'm gonna do that a little bit differently. You know, I was just thinking about that in... um, like how we teach ourselves to eat healthy, right? You know, like mm-hmm. most of us go to go to college and then we eat a bunch of garbage and then we feel like garbage. And then we're like, oh, there was something to those vegetables my mom forced me to eat. So, <laughs> you know, so we tweak it a little bit and then we realize, okay, well, I actually don't do so well with a lot of dairy or I do better with more this or that, whatever. So I love that aspect of, of, of approaching finances that no one can tell you exactly how to do it best for you, but you have to get started get a little advice and then run with it and see where you need to make tweaks in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's, I mean, just kind of like, I do believe that there's a point where everyone needs, you know, needs God in their lives. There's, there's a point there that comes in everyone's life where they need financial direction <laughs> and they need <laughs> financial structure. And, and I don't think those are two are the exact same thing, but, but, you know, eventually we all need some help, even if we feel like we're doing okay now. And, you know, that, a good question also, I think, to ask is what what do I not know right now that I should know that if I did know would would really change or, or improve my situation in a positive way? Yeah. And to that, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like that is half the battle, I think. And that's when books or courses or things like that really help because it opens your mind to, oh, I've never been taught this. or I've never thought of it this way. And we've had some people who have you know, tried 10 different budgeting things. And they're like, budgeting's just not for me. And they throw it out the window and then they take our course. They're like, wow, there were just these tiny little tweaks. Like we were so close, but we didn't know that those were the tweaks we needed. And now this is like so much easier. We love it so much more. So I do think sometimes just getting out there and learning helps you to even decide what tweaks you need to make. I think that uh, and, and you guys are examples of this. I mean, even starting this podcast, like you know, you know, 
you come together in your amazing sewing community. And I'm sure there's so many examples of what we're talking about, even in sewing, um, of just like, hey, here's how you can do this in an easier way or whatever that may be. I'm definitely not a sewing expert, so I should probably stop talking about it. But, uh, um, you know, it, it, it helps to have that community around you and, um, and people that are, we're all trying to figure this out together and having something that helps take you a couple steps ahead is always going to put you in a better position. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is so true. So let's narrow down the focus, um, to short term to right now at this um, time that we're in right now. So it's kind of an economically difficult time for a lot of people. And it, so like it's, people are struggling and needing financial advice, you know, maybe more than ever. So can you help us out? What are some specifics that we can apply right now to help us get through this time? So let's talk like the short, the short term. We don't know how long this is going to last, but what, what can we do right now? Good, good question. Um, number one thing I would say is definitely stockpiling cash, which sounds kind of like hoarding under the bed, which we're not saying that, but, um, just really, you know, trying not to overspend and having that six month emergency fund, or if you don't have that in the bank, working towards building that, that will give you so much peace of mind, just knowing that you're not going to have to take out of your investments. You're not going to have to make any rash decisions. You are going to be okay, at least for a time. Um, and then also if you have already lost your job or if you think you might be losing a job, um, having that emergency fund for sure will help. And then just tweaking your budget a little bit, which nobody likes this part of budgeting, even us. We are normally actually big advocates of talking about how budgeting doesn't have to be this, you know, really tight rice and beans approach, but you can budget and live a really nice lifestyle on a budget. But in this scenario, it may be more of a go back to that bare bones approach and really understanding what needs are. It's really comes down to shelter, transportation, food, and what's the last one? Self-care. <laughs> yeah. So I think those things are just like, really, when you come down to what matters, it's a lot more simple than all these other things. And in some ways it's really nice because we're maybe not driving as much or we're not going out to eat as much or we're not going to the movies. So you may already be spending less because of the nature of the situation, but being really intentional about that and setting your budget, if you do need to go down to more of that bare budget approach. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, I really wish we could just say, hey, we're going to turn the economy back on tomorrow and everything's just going to go back to normal. And that's just not that's not what's going to happen. And I think eventually things will get back to a better place and even better than where they were before. Um, but how long that's going to take and what that's going to look like, nobody can really predict or tell you. And, and so being prepared for the uncertainty of it, stockpiling cash, making sure you have that six month emergency fund, um, holding off on like really, really life changing decisions, unless you have a really strong financial foundation, like buying a home, um, and, and things like that until, you know, we work on more solid footing, um, as a country, I think is, is a really wise, really wise approach. And, and understanding where every dollar is going. Now is the time, if you haven't been budgeting or used to budget, you kind of have slacked off or whatever that may be. Um, 
it now is the time to kind of get something back in place, especially as you come out of this and under, and it doesn't mean tracking every receipt. It doesn't mean using a spreadsheet. There's tons of free online tools like mint.com that you can go in and track all of your spending that has bank rate security. And, and you know, that's going to allow you to really know exactly what's happening. So you can be in complete control. And, and in a time where it feels like so much is out of our control, uh, something really smart to be in control of is your money. I love that advice. Um, I think, so this is little background of me. I am a budgeting failure in past years as well, but I have made a lot of progress in recent times. And so I can definitely identify with that uh, fear of, I, I just don't know how to do it. I do it wrong. And I don't like the restriction, that sort of thing. Um, but like you say, in a time when we can't control a lot, one thing we can control is our spending. We really can. There, there might be some mm-hmm. fixed expenses that we can't really do much about like a mortgage or, or whatever, but you can get really creative. Um, and if you haven't needed a budget before now, this is a great chance to, to hop on, right. And, and decide, okay, it's time to really look at our finances. And, and I have loved seeing that we're not spending as much as like, Oh, look at this. (laughs) 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 This was on accident. But at the same time, I worry about, um, yeah, the movie's opening back up and then still not have, you know, still being worried about job security and then, but still having more opportunity to spend that, that, frightens me a little bit, both for me and for others, because we're going to have to be a little bit cautious. So I love, mm-hmm. I love that advice. Okay. So moving on, we're going to switch it a little bit now and just ask about looking into the future. So let's say we're three, four, five years down the road. Um, what can we do now to make sure that this doesn't ruin us for the future, for the long haul? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, and we kind of mentioned it in the short term decisions, but making rash decisions now will definitely hurt you five years. Like even if right now you spend a lot or you, your budget, you know, isn't perfect that you can recover from more, even a job loss, you know, for a few months you could recover from. But if you take all your money out of your investments or you buy a house when you're not prepared to buy a house and you just see these low interest rates and see that you could just throw all your money into a down payment really quick. Those things in four or five years, you'll be like, dang it, why did I do that? So I think just trying to keep our heads on and have a plan as much as we can, because I know it's, you know, a very emotional time and it's easy to get scared and want to do something about it. But if we can limit those things, that is really going to help us long term. Yeah, I think it's a great question because we are going to come out of this. We, you know, three, three, four, five years, we we are going to be out of this, and it really how where you're at then is going to be impacted by the decisions you make today. And um, we're we're not saying don't go buy a home. (laughs) We're not saying don't go invest right now. What we are saying is, if you weren't prepared to do those things before this happened or you weren't in a good financial spot before this happened, it probably means you're not in a good spot to do them now. Mm. It's really easy to get kind of start feeling the hype. Oh, everything's on sale. The economy is, is tanking. Uh, or not, yeah, the economy is tanking. House prices are going super low. And if you are in a financial position to buy a house, great, take advantage of that. Or if you are in a position to take advantage of those low stock prices, awesome. Um, but if you still have a bunch of consumer debt and you don't have a six month emergency fund, in in our opinion, you're not yet ready to do those things. Um, and and you should wait and you should put yourself in a position before you do those things. And so just just being wise and don't being rash and um, securing today so you can build tomorrow is is a, is the right course of action at this time. 
Yeah, and we, we like to say this quote that we don't make financial decisions based on external circumstances. And I feel like that definitely applies today in that way of like, that doesn't mean you just go crazy because if you're making decisions based on what's going on around you or what the Jones are doing or whatever, any of those things, it gets really hard to stick with your plans. So just knowing, okay, I may have to make some adjustments, but that doesn't mean I'm just going to throw everything out the window and, and do something that will really hurt me for five years down the road. Yeah. And, and with that quote, you know, take advantage if you've prepared, you know, you and yeah. those external circumstances are in your favor, go ahead, but, but don't react, be proactive. Yeah. I love that. And also it sounds like what you're saying is don't, don't make financial decisions out of fear, right? Or out of anxiety. Mm-hmm. If you had prepared ahead of time and that was your plan anyway, go for it. And if not, then stick the course, you're right. Be cautious and we'll come out of this. That's great. I love that advice. Yeah. So it sounds like your advice is don't make this financial decisions based on external advice or, or events, and then don't make financial decisions based on internal anxiety and fears and retail therapy, right? <laughs> yes. I love retail therapy. But then, so, so then you guys are saying what your program is, is kind of like a formula on how to, you know, to make smart financial decisions. Is that correct? Yeah. Totally. No, that that's, that's essentially what we teach is, is here's how to prepare for when, you know, things in the world go, go south so that you can take advantage of the opportunities that come out of that. And I think this is so interesting to me because you see this all the time, whenever we have a recession or a crash or a mini crash or a a correction, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, now's the time to jump in. And, um, you start to feel this anxiety, like, am I missing out on something? And, You don't need to feel that. If you've prepared during the good times, when those times happen, you'll know exactly what to do to take advantage of them instead of scrambling to put money into the stock market or or buy a rental property or whatever that thing may have been that now seems like all of a sudden a good opportunity. Um, And then needing that money six months later. (laughs) Yes, and it it didn't go as planned. And so having the whole plan in the forefront um, before those things happen is really the key to situations. And if you're sitting in the middle of COVID going, man, I, I, I'm not in the financial position. I wish that I was. Now is the time to put yourself in that situation. So when the next thing happens, and hopefully it's not a worldwide pandemic, um, mm-hmm. you'll, be, you'll be ready to take advantage of it. Okay, that, that is such good advice. And that's, that's the direction we want to head next. So you guys are parents now, 18 months into this journey. And we're wondering, what are you doing to prepare your little girl? And what should, how should we be preparing our children for future, future financial crises in their lives? Yeah, we, you know, I, I won't pretend that I know everything about parenting being 18 months experienced, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, w- what I do know is I still remember how my parents responded to crises when I was growing up. And I remember my father being laid off after 9-11. I remember us moving to Texas and him being laid off again after a, a job circumstance wasn't what, what he quite expected. And um, I'll never forget sitting in a car and him explaining to me, I'm 12 years old. Hey, I, I've just lost my job again. We've just made this move. It was traumatic for me. But, he, but him looking me in the eye and saying, but we have an emergency fund. And that was really kind of the only conversation we had about it. 
and he eventually got another job. We were fine. They're fine. But I remember the peace, even that instilled in me as, as a 12 year old, knowing that my parents had prepared some of you, maybe who not, might not be as prepared right now, who feel that fear. One of the, the right things to do is to acknowledge it because the greatest thing that your children are going to, to feel and experience are your, are your example and the atmosphere that was in the home. And if it is one of fear, it's okay to acknowledge that. And it's okay to say we weren't prepared. And it's also then okay to say, okay, what are we going to do about it? So your children can also see the example of you working out of that situation and being proactive and not succumbing to the fear. And so that they know that when the crisis sees come in their lives, and they will, they know what to do about it. And they know that the best thing is to be prepared before it happens. And so I think Michaela probably has a thing or two to add to that. But how you act in your example now is the thing that will stick with them um, in their in their future life crises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I can add, except probably I'll just end up repeating half the things. But I definitely think um, how we were raised with money affects us today. And so that will be the same with our kids. So we we say the, the term we use in our course, we talk about our financial past is present. And basically just saying, talking about how Dan and I came from very different backgrounds and we're now coming together and how we were raised with money affects how we come into the marriage. And just being on the same page as a couple will already do wonders uh, to create that financial environment for your kids. And then depending on the age, you can share more conversations or we're definitely going to help our daughter hopefully learn you know, how to give and how we should be spending our money and that it's not not always like scrimp and save, but also if you really want something, how we need to work for it. And, you know, there's definitely tons of stuff. I'm sure we could go on forever that would help with preparing our kids for money in general, not just for a crisis, but especially in time of crisis. But I would say start with getting on the same page and that will be huge for regardless of whatever age your kid is. That's a, that's a really Good point, Michaela. And I think, you know, just having that emotional connection with your partner or spouse so that you're at least on the same page, even if the situation doesn't look good, will provide a lot of stability. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. I think in every marriage, the two, you know, background, financial backgrounds that you bring in are completely different and need to be reconciled. And, and that's probably what can be said about a lot of different um, things about marriage. And then, you know, the future of parenting, you have to decide reconcile them and decide which one you're going to use or take hopefully the best of both and move forward. And then, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's true of lots of parts of parenting, but it's especially good to hear you guys say that about the financial part of um, parenting as well. I loved how you mentioned uh, just being open with your children. And I love that example of, of talking to your dad. Um, I think that many of us in generations past, it was probably a lot more common to just have the adult things be adult like and the child, you know, like the, oh, the finances, that's not a, a child's matter. We don't share that with the children. And I think that things are changing and, and parents are being a little bit um, more open and vulnerable with their kids, which I think is so powerful in the financial aspect because hiding the finances and pretending like everything's all hunky dory when it's not is probably the worst thing we can do for our children <laughs> because they never ever see a struggle. And they never see us make conscious decisions because something came out of nowhere, right? So I mm-hmm. love the, 
your dad sat down and said, Hey, yeah, times are tough. This is scary. I lost my job, but you know what? It's going to be okay. And this is why we prepared, et cetera, et cetera. Otherwise you might've had your own anxiety you were dealing with and uh, never got resolved or never knew exactly how they had prepared. And that would have, you know, sent you off into the world without any, any ideas for preparation of your own. So I, I just love that being open. Yeah, it's, it's a really good point. And it's like you said, it's true. Sometimes we feel like we may not need to talk to our children about money. And our, our daughter is not at the age that we would necessarily sit Lucy down <laughs> in 18 volts and te- teach her about, here's how much money we have in the bank account. But just having that atmosphere and, and, you know, if you don't feel like you can talk to your children about it or you don't know necessarily how to go, a, a good conversation is just to talk to each other and say, hey, what do we feel comfortable talking to our kids about? And what are certain parts of our financial side would be important for them to know or understand or what principles should we teach them? And, and if you don't feel comfortable and, you know, you're for that, it might be a good sign that you need to go get some help or some education um, to, to feel that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. That, I love that. That's a really good point too, um, to recognize when you yourself need more education. That's, that's a pretty good indicator. Yeah. Okay, so we are almost done with our time together, but I had one final question I'm going to throw out, you guys. You guys ready? <laughs> Bring, Bring it on. on. <laughs> okay, so for all of our listeners who are out there going, yes, 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 this sounds so good. I know I need to make changes. I know I need to fix things, especially now that we've gone through this COVID disaster. I'm kind of freaking out. If you could give them one takeaway, one step to do today, if they feel completely overwhelmed and scared, what would it be? Would it be addressing debt or savings or budgeting or What's one thing that they could get them headed in the right direction? Yeah, that's a good question. The And basically the question, if I understand, is kind of like the one thing that if they had to, if they had to just do one thing after this, what would that be? Right. Again, we kind of talked about people's different circumstances and I, I'll let Michaela say what her, what she thinks it is uh, as well. Cause typically her answer is better than mine, but uh, Whatever. the, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to stay married for a long time. Um, <laughs> the, uh, You're on the right track. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I would say first, if you have not done this already, um, is have a really sincere conversation with your partner, um, about the situation you're facing. And sometimes there's kind of just this understanding that, hey, we're in the situation. We don't have income or we, um, you know, we, we don't know what the future holds. But really kind of schedule some time away from the kids, go on a walk, go on a drive, whatever that may be, where you can just really talk it and express emotion, no judgment. You don't have to have a solution right that instant and just express what you're feeling and, and then talk about what you think might be the next step. Sometimes after that conversation, you may feel even a little bit more anxious or you may feel like you may start to recognize you don't have answers and you've been kind of suppressing um, those feelings. And so the next step after that is to understand what's happening with your money and, and, to, and to budget after you have that conversation and just start tracking your, your money. And again, mint.com is a great resource to do that and do it together. Um, and that, will, that would probably be the first two things that I would recommend. I just want to say, are you saying mint, M-I-N-T dot com? Yes, that is correct. Okay. We'll link that one in the show notes too. Yeah, I was going to say, well, we're pretty unified because I was going to say basically the same thing, but a little more summarized. But I would say get on the same page because if you're trying to do this alone, it will come back to bite you. It's just not worth it. So that's the very first thing. And then I was going to say track start tracking your money because the, the feeling of 
just sitting down to create a budget if you've never tracked feels so overwhelming. Just by tracking, if you haven't even created a budget or any categories, just by doing that, you're going to start wanting to budget because you're going to be like, holy cow, I'm spending how much on that? And it'll start just bringing that awareness. So get on the same page, track. So I guess a two part to the, what's the first thing you should do? (laughs) But that's what I would say. Okay. So just to clarify by track, you mean just like writing down everything you spend? Yep. Yep. And mint the, the mint.com is, will actually track it for you so that you just, you hook your bank accounts up and your credit cards and you can input cash transactions and essentially it will track every transaction for you and uh, you can put them into categories and it's, it's just easier than having to write them all down. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, so you're gathering information and then what you're going to do with that information is like step three. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's awesome advice. I love that. And I, I would have never thought that getting on the same page with my spouse would be step number one, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you can't both come at it from two different directions, right? You got to be unified. So I love that. Yeah. I mean, typically if you don't have that conversation, one of you is thinking about where you're going to vacation next year. And the other <laughs> one's like, how are we paying for groceries next month? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So get us started on step three after we do one and two. Tell our listeners where they find you guys on the internet. (laughs) Step three, take the course. Yeah, yeah, so our website is senseifinancial.com. So C-E-N-T-S-E-I financial. And we have our main course, which will be everything that we just talked about here. We'll talk about how to get on the same page and how to budget, what bank accounts to use, how to travel, which may not be relevant right now, but you can start dreaming. <laughs> um, and we talk about, you know, saving for kids college, just like a ton of stuff. And then our second course is all about investing. So that's what we have. And then also, if you're not ready to make the jump into the course yet, we have our Instagram page, Sensei Financial, which we share stories of other couples and also lots of tips and tricks and kind of the behind the scenes of our everyday life. And then uh, we also have a weekly financial email that comes out financial Friday. So it's just five quick bullet points every Friday. That's been really helpful if you're not ready to go dig through a bunch of books and and all of that just to get some little snippets to get started. And we'll make sure that um, you have all the links so those can be in the show notes. Perfect. Um, Because um, our audience is, you know, typically busy moms. So the five bullet points would be so helpful every week. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to plug our course too much. We did design it with busy people in mind. So the videos are just five to 10 minutes long. They're really digestible. It's built with busy people and busy moms in mind. Okay. I love that because nobody has Hours. Of, well, I don't know. Are, are lots of people having hours and hours of extra time? I don't right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think even if you did, I don't know if people would enjoy it that much. They're like financial overload. I need a break. So, like I have three yeah. extra hours. What should I do? Just work on my finances. Fine. Yes. Yeah, that, that's not my first inclination. So we're... <laughs> yeah. And the small bite-sized pieces would make, make it so that you could gradually work on, especially if you had discomfort with the whole financial topic yes, and conversation, yes. the little bite-sized pieces would just be a little bit, work on it a little bit and then go do something. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very step-by-step, very how-to focused, very clear, um, consolidated. So you don't have to go fish the information. That's why we built it. 
And a lot of times we try to do, we have action items at the end of each little piece. So then it's like, okay, five minutes now go track. Okay. Five minutes now go create your budget, whatever. Um, so I think that helps too. Cause then, you know, okay, what's my next step instead of you get, you know, paralyzed decision paralysis of like what next. So yeah, helpful to like, if you even don't want to do step one and two and need some help along that route, we have a whole list of questions to help you get on the same page with your spouse and walk you through how to track and all that. So if you really want somebody to help you along the way, we got you covered. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing with us today. It's like, um, you've, you make it feel completely doable. Like this doesn't have to be scary or uncomfortable anymore, but we just, it's just something, you know, like takes the emotion out of it, that side of it. And then also takes out the fear from external things. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I can't wait for our audience to hear what you have to share about this. Thanks so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon, and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the Podcast. We're always having fun over there, too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.